you're listening to the Over Six Sports Podcast. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to Over Six. What a great show we've got planned for you tonight. Just want to say off the top, Cam, uh, you know, this obviously is the Over Six Sports Podcast. Um, I'm Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me as always is Cameron Charlton. Cam, I'm so excited for this podcast. We apologize to our viewers last week, or viewers, listeners last week because we had a bit of a uh, technological delay. Um, but what I did learn through that whole delay and kind of awkwardness waiting through the day of it not coming up is that we've got a lot of love for the podcast coming in yeah nothing made me feel better than last week than getting texts in the morning and being like where's the podcast (laughs) i mean we definitely want the podcast to be up for 12 a.m for everybody but when you're getting those texts you're getting those messages you're like oh shit people actually do listen to us people do expect us on thursday mornings so it was pretty awesome to see i mean i know i had one buddy who was like hey send me the night before he said, hey, like your podcast is going to be ready to go for, for 10, 15 tomorrow, right? Because I'm at work and I downloaded and listened to it at work on Thursdays to turn off the radio. He doesn't like country, which is a mistake, but regardless. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Like we haven't had a problem yet. And he freaking jinxed it, just completely jinxed it. But no, nah, I mean, I even po- I posted on Facebook just, you know, saying, hey, by the way, it's a little bit delayed. You know, I appreciate the love. And my wife sends me a message and says, is anybody actually texting you about this? Are you just like pretending? I'm like, no, I swear people are like upset that this thing isn't up in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people listen to us when they're at the gym, when they're walking their dog, when they're on their drive to work, that's the things we like to hear. And it was awesome to see that last week. Hopefully we'll have it all up and ready for you every Thursday from now on. But I mean, we're going to take the positives positives out of a little mistake that went wrong last week yeah absolutely i don't see uh any issues in the future we got everything resolved as we were as we were hoping to um before we get into our headlines for this week um you know today's uh today's march or tuesday march the 9th um but before we get into the headlines uh i just wanted to do a little little plug so for all of our listeners we're sitting at a good amount of listens in a week but we'd really appreciate if you could just uh you know get one friend one family member, a coworker, you know, plug plug our pod for us and say, hey, you should give these two losers a listen. They're not the worst thing in the world to listen to, and every once in a while they say something smart. So take a, take an opportunity and and help uh help a couple brothers out. That'd be greatly appreciated. Cam. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think I want to touch on that. You hear all your NHL podcasts. You got them. You got your NFL podcasts. I mean, maybe you found a curling podcast you like. But how many podcasts touch on all those things together? Very Not few. Not many. So that's Almost where Over none. Six can cover that for you, and that's where we come in. Well, yeah, and, and and as you said, like we we touch on everything, and we mentioned this in our intro pod, which was not very good. So this is kind of reiteration of that. But hey, you want to, you know, and the other thing is too is like we're super flexible with what our listeners want to hear. Like you want us to talk about, you know, United Arab Emirates uh, cricket. We'll find a stream somewhere and look it up. Maybe. I don't know a lot about it. But as I said, like anything you want us to chat about, you're always welcome to, you know, tweet us at over six sports on Twitter. 
say, Hey, can you guys talk about this on the pod? We always ask for questions at the start of, uh, you know, start of every week this week, we got a busy podcast. So don't think we're getting the questions this week again, deepest apologies. Uh, but yeah, hit us up anytime at over six sports on Twitter. And we're going to get into this week's headlines and we're going to start it off with money man himself. And no, I'm not talking about Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking about broken leg Prescott. Oh, did that man get paid or what? Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. The amount of money he got, he's actually going to be a higher salary cap hit than Mahomes this year. This contract's just ridiculous. I mean, I know Jerry Jones and people have touched on the salary cap's got to be going up. There's got to be a deal with Amazon. But this guy is not the second-best quarterback. He's not the second-best player in the league. I don't know where this contract's coming from, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know what he's done. Like, I guess it's it, mind-blowing to me how, you know, professional sports, obviously, you know, you're trying to get guys in their prime. You know, you try to get guys who are going to be these these franchise players. But when was it like, like, why is it now, uh, you know, pay you before you do something league? Like what happened to prove it? You know, what happened to, you know, do something for me and I'll do something for you. Not, you know, well, maybe you'll do something for me down the line. Here's, here's a, basically the NBA equivalent of a supermax deal. Yeah. I mean, the guy's 27 years old. He's a two-time pro bowler. He's won playoff games for them, won the division for them. It's not like he's an absolute nothing, but he's coming off a compound fracture dislocation on his right ankle. Do we even know if this guy can play football right this second? Has anybody seen him in a game? No. I mean, he can walk, I think. So that's a good start. I mean, okay. The only thing I'll say to that is, I mean, Alex Smith was worse off and, you know, he played, but I don't think obviously to his full potential. I mean, he got released. Right. So he's not definitely not a hundred percent, but I'm like, man, like, you know, I think that I'm in the wrong, like selling real estate. I'm in the wrong career. I need to like, I'm, I'm 26 years old. I've had a broken leg. I would, I'd sign on for a million bucks. I could, I could chuck around some interceptions and give the ball to Zeke. Well, that's the thing is if you look at the core around him for the years, he's done well, his receiving core, he had Zeke when Zeke was really playing well, that entire offense was just unreal. And I mean, good for him. I mean, I'm not going to hold anything against Dak. If you can get paid, get paid. If you're a parent right now and you have a young kid, tell them to play quarterback and find out how to play quarterback <laughs> is all I'm saying. They will get paid. Prescott just got a 1,500% raise. 1,500%. Is there another I mean, business in the world that, that that would even come close to happen? I mean, Bezos, like, you know makes his own Amazon money and he owns a bunch of stock and Amazon goes up. But could you imagine your boss calls you in to work and he's like, Hey, you've been doing pretty good this year. You know, normally I'd give you like a 50, you know, 10% raise. I'm going to give you a 1500% raise this year. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm in a very different industry and definitely not a pro athlete. Not millions of people (laughs) are watching up to watch me every weekend, but I got a one and a half percent raise this year. And I'm like, awesome. That's one and a half percent. This is pretty good. (laughs) I must be doing my job pretty good. This guy gets a 1500% raise. I'm like, okay, I guess maybe I'm not doing my job that well. I mean, yeah. I mean, this guy's, you know, I, from a, from a human level, and that's something that we like to touch on this show. I mean, the guy's, you know, struggled with his mental health in the last year. Um, you know, just with, uh, a death, a couple, you know, deaths in his family and, and other personal issues. So, you know, the injury just kind of capped off a whole year of, 
you know, 2020 was a bad year for a lot of people and especially for Dak Prescott, but, um, you know, you're happy for him as a person, but from a sports, you know, from analyzing sports, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, 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 this is kind of an all in move from, uh, from Jerry Jones. And I mean, if he, I guess he, you know, in a sense, he was negotiating with Prescott at the start and said, Hey, we're going to tag you this year. You know, we'll negotiate in good faith. And, you know, he's a man of his word and I, I can appreciate that, but, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. The last thing I want to touch on that is I'm never going to hold a player accountable. If you get paid that much money for sure, take it, take it and run. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely will always have some more respect for guys who take team friendly deals, but you don't have to, you're in a business still. Any pro sport is a business. If somebody's willing to pay you way more than you're probably worth, take it and run. The crazy part the about this is, yeah, for sure. Like it's, and and what's even more nuts, and again, before we move on, is like the the guaranteed money in this is stupid. Like the, mo- most of this guy's contract is guaranteed. Now, most of the big athletes, you know, their contracts are all, um, well, for the most part, like the, the, the best players are all guaranteed, right? Yeah, I mean, the fo- football is a little different with that. But yeah, any other sport, you're getting guaranteed anyways. And they definitely went heavy guaranteed with his contract, but... I mean, yeah, I so really I mean, uh, sorry, I don't think we mentioned it by the way. So it's a four-year deal, 160 million, and 126 million of it's guaranteed. So if Dak never plays a game, he's bringing home 126 million. Yeah, that's it's it's just insane for a guy who's coming off <laughs> like, a massive injury. I'm sorry, like, what? Could, this guy could, he could he could literally like just be on LTIR or whatever the equivalent is for the next four years and make 126 million for doing nothing. That's the greatest yeah, deal say, ever. Say he can't actually end up playing this year competitively and they have to buy him out. He still gets all that guaranteed money, which is That's, just. Oh, it's, it's actually for a guy coming sick. off this big of an injury. I just can't believe Drew Jones would do that. I know it sounds like there's a bigger TV deal coming for the NFL or whatever the streaming deal is going to be, but still you gotta, I'd rather invest that money into players who, you know, can perform. And I mean, we'll get into that later. This is a big, coming week now with nfl free agency but the next big headline we have is uh more coaching fires in the north division calgary flames had let jeff ward go this year and they go back to uh old time coach and daryl sutter's back in calgary again just adds to the never-ending carousel in the nhl of them just basically recycling coaches over and over again and you love that don't you Definitely not a huge fan of it. I see the point here. I mean, Daryl Sutter is, he's a farm boy. He's a hardworking guy. He's going to, he's one of those guys who I think always has a shelf life. I don't think he's going to last more than three years here, but if you want somebody to give you a quick kick in the ass and get, let's get going. He's the perfect guy for it. He's kind of like torts to me where I don't think they could last for 10, 15 years in an organization like you see in football. But for a quick two, three year kick in the ass, let's get going with this team needs to do better. He's the guy. He really got it going in L.A. He had a couple good runs in Calgary. He's got cups to his name. He's kind of that hard-ass coach, so I don't mind the move, but definitely a weird thing in the NHL. You just keep recycling coaches over and over and over again. Well, one thing that you just had said that I was like, yep, bang on. Come give him a kick in the ass. First practice he does, he gets them to basically bag skate. I mean... (laughs) As a player, I know, like, even, you know, when you're playing minor hockey or whatever and you play a bad game, your coach gets you to skate and it's it's the worst. You hate it. Um, but that doesn't change to the NHL, man. 
they comes in he's like all right you guys have been playing bad let's go and uh hey you know what if it if it turns it around for them great um i mean at the end of the day every organization's goal is to win the stanley cup unless you're the buffalo Sabres, and then your goal is to basically just have a never-ending rebuild um (laughs) but you know it's um yeah you look at the two teams now in the north division who have uh fired their coaches montreal made a couple massive moves this year really changed up the team to try and go for it this year calgary almost did it more than montreal even adding markstrom bringing in tanf they're kind of all in even more than i'd say montreal is because they don't have quite the same youth they do have young guys like kachuk's not that old some of these guys but they're still older than montreal and they brought in those big pieces. So this is kind of going for it. They want to compete in this division. It's gettable, this division, this year. I mean, you've watched it even Toronto, who everyone thought was way ahead. They've just lost their third in a row tonight. Yep, unfortunately. It's, yeah, no, it's it's a gettable division. So you see why a team like Calgary, who's brought in Markstrom, who's a Vesna caliber goalie, they got pretty good depth. They got some good back end. You really want that kick in the ass right now to go for it this year. This is your best chance, and... Well, I mean, yeah, the other thing, Cam, is, is that uh, um, if Travis Green wasn't Travis Green, he would have been fired, too. I know they just beat the Leafs two in a row there um, last week, but like if his name was anything else, like this guy would be out the door. Right. We'd we'd be talking about two coaches being fired. So, you know, I don't think I think really the only you look at coaches in the uh, in the North Division. I mean, Paul Maurice is pretty safe. Sheldon Keefe isn't going anywhere. But no, I think even DJ Smith's doing a great job in Ottawa. So I don't think he's actually pretty safe because that team doesn't have many expectations. I don't think Vancouver should have as many expectations as they did. Considering the guys who left, you lost to Foley, you lost Tanev, you lost Markstrom. Those are three massive players. Yeah, for sure. And what about Tippett and and, uh, Edmonton? Yeah, I don't really know what to think of Edmonton right now. I mean, they're kind of mediocre. I'd say they're getting by they've played a lot more games and they're kind of in the mix still. So I can't see him going anywhere with everything that's happened in the organization the last few years. So, yeah. Well, and I guess, uh, yeah. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. And, um, you know, hopefully we don't have to talk about any more coaching, coaching, firing, hiring, or whatever the case is. It's interesting, but we only have a, there's only a couple more coaches left in that, that are left in the North division and most of them aren't going anywhere. So I know you wanted to, before we get to our kind of recap of our games last week, you wanted to bring up the uh, the Canadian Open? Yeah, kind of an unfortunate uh, day in Canadian golf today. Uh, the Canadian Open's postponed a second year in a row. We're coming off a pretty big weekend, too. Corey Connors was in contention at Bay Hill, at Arnold Palmer Invitational. Kind of definitely got some good sights. You got Spieth again. So golf's really on the uprise. And then to have the Canadian Open be postponed again, another year it was supposed to be at st george which is in ontario not that far away from either of us yep so just kind of a disappointing day for canadian golf uh it's a bit it's a big day for us i mean we saw rory win it the last time it was in here in canada and on in ontario yep shut it out the raptors too yeah he wore a kyle lowry jersey when he grabbed that trophy so it's it's something that's just a little disappointing and i know it hits hard for me because i get the invitation to go volunteer being in the turf industry and just kind of a sad day for Canadian golf because we'd love to see it up here, but you got to understand it in the current circumstances in the world. And well, and with with how well Corey Connors has been playing, it would have been really neat to see him, you know, come play in this tournament. Um, you know, especially if at that time you could have had fans there. 
um, which, you know, given where we're at with uh, the pandemic, you know, who, who knows what's, what would have happened in June, but um, you know, logistically at the end of the day, it, uh, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't get the guys to do the four week quarantine or sorry, four week, 14 day quarantine. And then, you know, they probably want to go to a tournament the next weekend and they just, you, you can't do another 14 day quarantine. It's, you know, 28 days of quarantine for one tournament. I can see how that would be just a logistical nightmare for players. And, you know, they had to do what they, what they had to do, but we look forward to it coming back in 2022, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I think it's something to definitely pay attention to. And we learned this last weekend that Canadian golf's not dead. I know it's been a while since we've had somebody really in contention since Mike Rear won the masters, but we had a couple of young guys and Corey Connors kind of, and Mackenzie Hughes lead that. And we saw Corey Connors play great this week and, it's exciting for Canadian golf. So there's still a lot of upside. I mean, he's going to be playing in some big tournaments this year. So keep an eye on that. Well, he's been right I mean, there for a lot of tournaments, right? Like, was he 10th? Was yeah. he 10th in the masters last in the, in the fall there? Yeah. He's had a, he's had a definitely a couple high showing. So he's definitely a guy to watch. I mean, I'll always be able to remember. I did play in a couple tournaments in high school against him. I mean, he beat me, but that doesn't really what? take that much, <laughs> but that's like you beating me. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's very likely. <laughs> but I could definitely look up some past stats and see Corey Connors at the top of the leaderboard in a tournament I played in. So that's always something. So now we kind of move into Saturday's action and we had pretty good hockey this past weekend. We'll start it off with uh, Vancouver beating the Leafs 4-2 to sweep the two game series. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I had the Leafs, um, when in this game, you know, they lost on the Thursday before, and I figured that that one was, you know, more than likely they were going to lose. So, you know, second game of a back-to-back, you know, you just go through the emotional sweep of the Oilers. So, yeah, I figured you'd lose Thursday. Saturday night was tough, man. I, I Again, I didn't really think – I thought the Leafs played really well, and they just, you know, they, they couldn't get it done. And, you know, you, you've been fighting this problem all year with uh, – with the Habs, right? It's and you know I sent that tweet out uh, tonight after the Leafs lost again. And I said, man, like Leafs deserve better. And now I know how Canadians, uh, Montreal Canadiens fans feel, and <laughs> I, I I think that applied to Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night definitely wasn't as dominant. I think of a game as tonight was for the Leafs, but I had the Leafs as well. I thought they were going to win that game, and I felt even more confident when they lost on Thursday after the pod was recorded. But I mean, Vancouver came out had a good game plan. They forechecked hard. Demko played the way he did in the bubble last year and they got that what they needed really like they played well Demko and you got, looks you like a give... completely yeah sorry Demko looks like a completely different goalie in those two games that he did when the Leafs played him at the start of the year no yeah I mean this is the signs he showed he's a, he was always a top prospect like he was one of the biggest goaltending prospects when he was drafted and the Canucks came with a game plan and I know Leafs fans and Leafs media always tend to Anytime they win, it's all about the Leafs. Anytime they lose, it's all the Leafs' fault. To me, those two games against Vancouver were just, Vancouver had a really good game plan, and they got good goaltending. you got to give some credit where credit's due, and Vancouver definitely had a plan against the Leafs. Well, and that set me up for a, for, you know, a good start for the week, being 0-1 and 0-1 for yourself as well. Yeah, so then we move into the second game, and... Uh, your Jets pick really did not look good from the moment that game started. The Habs came out with maybe their most dominant win of the year, 7-1 to one against the Jets. I actually switched over to the Leafs game in the third period, even being a big Habs fan. I'm like, 5 nothing. Carey Price looks solid. This game's over. over. 
Over. And I mean, the Habs, the Habs have looked dominant most of the year, even in the games that they keep losing in overtime. We'll get to that at some point. I mean, 0-8 <laughs> now in overtime in the shootout. Uh, let's get but to they, it now. Let's get, no, let's, okay. let's get to it right now. Like, we're not, like, we got so much planned for this show. We're never going to come back to this. Like, 0-8 yeah. in overtime and shootout, man. The, statistically improbable. It's just ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just silly. I mean, you look at it and you're like, oh, they got eight loser points. And you're like, no, half of those, they probably should have had two points. It's so improbable with how well they've played that they should lose every single time they get there. I so, I, I mean, kind of hope that, I don't know what's going on with that. Like, I don't know if you have insight into that, but because you watch way more games, but man, like you'd think they'd win one. Like you get one bounce, you know, a two on one the other way, squeaks through the pads and they and they get that dub. Like if, if they do win, the first thing is, is if they, you know, if they never get a win in shootout or overtime this year, I would think that's hilarious. The second thing is, is that, man, if they do get a win, if I'm that team, I'm like jumping over the boards, throwing my gloves, like celebrating like no tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I definitely have more insight. Watching it earlier in the year with their first losses, they were throwing Sherratt and Weber out there with the no constantly three on three. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like Sherratt and Weber are great, like phenomenal D in this league, and they they're great five on five, but they're not three on three players. Since Ducharme's taken over, they've definitely had better looks, they've got better chances. And I mean, you've just seen it overall as a team. They're now since Ducharme took over, they have the best power play in the league. They're third in the penalty kill in the league since he's taken over. Him and Alex Burris have made a huge change when it comes to their special teams. And it's great to see. And that's what happened on Saturday is they got all those bounces that they hadn't been getting. Their special teams were good, and they just blew out the Jets. 7-1, to one, they chased Hellebuck out of the net. They did everything they needed to do and got all those bounces they hadn't been getting. Well, I'd just like to say, you know, screw you for scoring that many goals because Hellebuck came out in the Leafs game tonight with his ass on fire and just, you know, over 40 shots for the Leafs and only letting three. Like, this guy was so angry about that game, so... You, like you, you, your Habs basically screwed us out of two points because you scored so many goals on them. So thanks a lot for that. Yeah, I mean, they only scored four on them because then they got Brassois in there, which almost killed my fantasy. But I mean, <laughs> not all the listeners are going to care about my fantasy. Although I did pick up the win against one of our listeners. So got to mention that here sometime. Shout out to our buddy Ryan who got crushed by Cam and fantasy this week. But anyway, moving into the next game. Yeah, we had the Oilers and the Flames, and the Oilers really just grinded out that game. 3-2 win. The Flames definitely came out. I mean, they had an interim coach that game because Daryl Sutter's still waiting on the quarantine, but they came out fighting. They came out ready to play, but the Oilers grinded it out, and McDavid, after that tough series against the Leafs, really showed, again, he's the best player in the league and took over that game when he needed to. Well, and I think, you know, they. Uh, that's why I picked Edmonton, man. I, I thought I... You know, didn't see the firing coming um, necessarily, uh, but I just figured after losing three, you can only bet against Edmonton so many times, um, or sorry, you can only bet on Edmonton and they lose so many times before they're going to get a win. So it's a pretty safe hedge on my part, and finally got uh, finally got the first dub of the weekend for me on that one. Yeah, you took the win over me there. I was definitely hoping for the Flames to come out and grind one out. They were in a tough week too, so. Both teams were kind of needed that win and the Oilers picked it up. So we'll move on and kind of brushing through this a little quicker than usual because we really want to touch on the NFL free agency. My uh, lock wasn't even a question for a second. The Islanders crushed the Sabres three games in a row, 5-2, 5-2, 5-2. I mean, right now in the NHL, 
just fade the Sabres. I don't know how they did tonight, but in general, the Sabres are not a good team. They have a whole mess going on with their organization. I even might fade them over the wings at the moment. They're wow. just they're wow. almost an auto wow. fade. Auto Ooh. fade every time right now. That is spicy. Um, I mean, a great example tonight, you know, like I had, uh, I picked the, the flyers over Buffalo. I, I take, took a look at my phone and we're using bet three, six, five. And I took a look at the, uh, the game and Buffalo's up four, two, uh, you know, end of the second, I'm like, Oh shit. Really? The one time that I bet against Buffalo, they're going to, you know, or I actually like put money down on Buffalo. They're going to win. Yeah, no, don't worry. The flyers came back, scored two in the third and then they wanted it to shoot it. So yeah, Buffalo sucks. Auto fade. So, yeah, I hit my lock, which was awesome since we started this segment. One for one in locks. And uh, you're the same, but I don't think it was the easygoing, smooth sailing as uh, it was for me. What are you talking about? We had the, Tampa had that game all game. They weren't worried for a second. They were just making them feel good. Yeah, I mean, we were talking in our large group chat as Chicago went up 3 nothing early. And we're like, is Chicago actually the real deal? They're up three nothing, pretty looking dominant over Tampa. Tampa got a couple of power plays, ended up winning that game, scoring six in a row. I think it finished six three. Yep. But I mean, how cocky you want to be right now? Even you were questioning your bet for a couple of minutes there. Yeah, I mean, on an on an honest note, I uh, looked at the score three nothing. I was like, well, shit. If I would have bet Chicago, I would have cashed it. Um you know, on the early cash out with three goals. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was a little nervous. But uh, but keep in mind, man, like, uh, you know, Tampa's a Stanley Cup champs, defending Stanley Cup champs, and, you know, give the give the champs their credit. At the end of the day, hit the lock, one for one on the lock, and uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take the uh, the 2-4 and four weekend after an 0-5 beatdown. So 50%'s not great, but it's not 0%. Yeah, so unfortunately this weekend, each going two for four, but because of the favorites and only going money lines, we both were down a little bit. So overall, I'm still above 500 here, nine and seven, nine for 17, down 0.38 units. You're seven for 17, down just a little over four units. So you need to pick it up this week. And That's okay. We'll I'm feeling into... a comeback. I'm feeling a comeback. I'm going to go from 0% to 50% to 100%. I'm going to have a four for four weekend coming up here. So this weekend we got the first game we're going to touch on is Habs versus Flames. Um, I'm going to continue to ride the Habs train because, and actually, you know, bold prediction, I see the Habs winning in overtime versus the Calgary Flames. Give me Habs money line. I just think that they're, uh, I think Harry Price is really starting to look better, man. They're going to turn the corner here. They, the number one, they got to. They got to start getting some points. There's going to start to be that desperation, and we keep hitting on this note. But, um, you know, I think if that one does go into overtime, that's my bold hot take prediction. It will go to overtime. The Habs are going to win. Um, but, you know, I just don't think uh, – I don't think Calgary matches very up very, uh, up very well with uh, Montreal, and Montreal's due for a good game here coming up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. As I know we keep talking about it. Montreal's got to start winning. But the thing is, is the Canadians right now rank second best shot attempt differential, third most high danger shot attempt percentage in the league. They're first in the NHL in expected goals, first in scoring chances, fifth in goals in scoring chances, five on five. They got to start winning some of these games. And 
with Carey Price starting to look a little better since Ducharme came in, their power play starting to get together. They're going to pull out these wins eventually. And you I hope. Mean, no, they, they're they still in it comfortably in the playoffs, and you look at the games at hand, so... Could you imagine if they finish, like if they miss the playoffs, but they rank first in all of these like advanced stats? That would just be a travesty for yourself. It's going to be crazy if they miss the playoffs and have like thirty overtime and shootout losses, and you're like, well, three on three and shootouts don't happen in playoffs. So, <laughs> so you're going Habs money line as well. Yeah, I got to go Habs money line there. Let's I do think it. They're going to want it as well. So then we'll get into the second game which is going to be the third game of this Jets-Leafs in the final, the rubber match, you're hoping. I mean, I think we're both kind of leaning Leafs on Thursday to win that game, so then yep. Saturday will be the rubber match. Yeah, so, I mean, I just judging from what, uh, you know, the showing that I, I saw tonight, and I'm glad that we got a chance to kind of record it, the, the podcast after that game. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the Jets and the, and the Habs are the closest team to the Leafs. If Hellebuck doesn't have a perfect game, which is pretty much what he had tonight, um, I, that game could have, this tonight's game could have been 8 4. Like it could have been, it, this could have been a blowout game. And it wasn't because he, you know, he stood on his head. And man, it, it is what it is. But I, I think I'm, I'm going to ride the Leafs. I, you know, they lost three in a row. I think they're going to turn this around. I think they're going to win the next two versus the Jets. I think they're going to win Sunday versus the uh, Senators. And they're gonna, you know, go on a three and zero streak here. So I'm gonna take uh, Leafs money line. Well, we gotta find a way of going against you somewhere. So this seems like a good spot. Uh, I think this is a way more important game for the Jets. I think they're probably gonna lose the Thursday game, so they're gonna come out hard for the Saturday game. Really try and take the series. And I think if they take the series, it makes the division quite interesting, especially if Montreal takes care of business this week. You could have three teams right tight at the top then and which what we're expecting right like we're not like you know none of us are who are actual realist sport sports fans especially leafs fans are expecting the leafs to run away with the division that's just an unrealistic you know an unrealistic take so for all three teams to be close it's more than likely going to happen so yeah i mean my prediction at the start of the year was the leafs finish first habs jets flames kind of battle out for that second spot it's looking like the oilers are overtaking the flames but the Leafs are favorites, but they're not running away with this division. And if the Jets can win on Saturday or and pull out or Thursday and pull out this series, it starts to make things interesting. So I'll go Jets money line on Saturday. Also like the chance of taking a little bit of a dog that day too. Yeah, it'll help you with the units for sure. Now that you picked that though, I, you know, selfishly for the podcast, I hope that the Leafs lose on Thursday. As a Leafs fan, I hope they win them both, but I hope they lose Thursday so that it's a sure thing on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you keep trying that with the Carolina and Florida thing, and it doesn't keep God. working for you because Carolina has Florida's numbers. So, just a no side matter. note before we just okay, just a side note before we get to our locks. For anybody who doesn't know, I've bet Florida like every weekend and almost every game for the past. Oh man, what's it camp? Two weeks. Well, yeah, it's every Carolina game versus Florida. Yeah, game every Florida. Carolina game, and every damn time they lose. I don't I, and like these guys are like oh we're top of the league well not anymore we're top of the division um, is what I meant to say and they just find ways to lose every single one and yet I keep betting Panthers and of course they beat the Blue Jackets tonight didn't bet on that game but next I'm gonna keep betting the Panthers and increasing the amount of units until they beat Carolina and I cash all my money back that's my that's my big scheme plan yeah so we got our third Canadian division game to 
touch on before our lock. So we got the Oilers versus Canucks on Saturday. Where are you going with this one, Burke? Um, so I'm assuming that the Oilers are probably going to be favorites in this game. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, this might bite me in the ass, but I'm going to go with uh, Vancouver as a dog. Uh, you know, give me the give me the money line for Vancouver. Um, they had a really good showing against the Leafs two games in a row. And, you know, for what we've seen from the Oilers, if you can shut McDavid down, you shut the whole Oilers down. So, or you shut Drysaddle and McDavid down, then you're good to go. Uh, Vancouver over the last couple games versus the Leafs show that they absolutely can can commit to that system and commit to that hard forecheck, as we had said earlier, and, and really try to be that shutdown team. And if they're able to execute that correctly, I think that Edmonton could be in real trouble. I don't think Vancouver has a chance of the division to just think they can't sustain that. Um, but I definitely think versus a team like Edmonton, who's very t- kind of two player heavy with not a lot of depth that Vancouver can be extremely successful with that. So Vancouver money line. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from there, but I definitely think Vancouver even played decent against the Habs stole kind of the game scoring with 40 seconds left winning in overtime. So I see, them kind of they're gonna to have to go on a run again they're not that good of a team i think in this division so i think the oilers and uh let's go up and let's go puck line we need to Ooh. win some of these units back so yep. oilers puck line against canucks on saturday love it let's do the locks baby yeah so i'll get into my lock first and uh i'm i'm really getting one of the most exciting teams who i never thought i'd say is the minnesota wild right now so I'm going to take yes, the Minnesota sir. Wild money line over Arizona. Kirill Kaprasov looks like the real deal. You've seen some of the t-shirts going around the dressing room there. Dollar, dollar Kirill instead of dollar, dollar Bill. <laughs> They're just a fun team right now. They've got the rookie goalie just got his first shutout. Kakinen. Uh, yeah, so I think they're... Kakinen? Yeah, Kapo Kakinen. Kapo Kakinen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on my <laughs> so fantasy team, man. This guy's a stud. So they're kind of a fun team to watch too right now. They got a couple exciting players. I know they've had some issues with some veterans with Parisi and but I think they're gonna take the Yotes out on Saturday. So that's my lock. I'm just gonna stick money line with that one because I don't think they're gonna score a ton of goals all year, but Wild over Yotes money line is my lock of the week. I like it. So mine is a very controversial lock for really one fan in the world. So my lock is the Sunday game and I'm going to go, I'm just going to stick with money line. I'm not going to go play around with puck line. The last time I played with puck line, it it bit me in the ass. So I'm going to take Carolina hurricanes over the Detroit Red Wings because every time the Red Wings play, you fade them because they suck. And I'm doubling down on this. Two weekends ago, it didn't work. This weekend's is going to work. Carolina, money line, lock it up, baby. I mean, part of me hopes that that really goes through for you, but then part of me really hopes we're sitting here next Tuesday and Jonathan Bernier comes out with a shutout just to I ruin your day again. Not, no, I cannot take. No, I cannot take another one. This is like the redemption tour. Like this is where, like you know, you you're playing blackjack, you get uh, you, you hit twenty. Uh, and then you you know you stick and the dealer flips a flips a blackjack. How often that can that happen? It can't continue to happen. So I'm gonna yeah no this is this is my redemption tour and the Carolina Hurricanes owe me this first of all because they keep beating Florida and screwing me. So Carolina and Parak McGinn 
and all you you know you you fund guys on that team or whatever you you call yourselves the surge or whatever you guys better show up against the shitty red wings and take care of business and get me some units back please so the last thing i want to touch on that game you do realize you could be betting on james reimer versus jonathan bernier it's an internal struggle i did realize that i did i did but i figure that only one of the leafs can screw me so i mean there should be some good juju there somewhere. I'm just hoping it shifts towards the Reimer side if that's the case. But, um, you know, hopefully Bernier doesn't play. That's just my only hope. Yeah, if Bernier ends up getting a shutout and Reimer ends up letting in a bunch, they both screw you, which would be just classic. So, I mean, we really got to move that. in. We really got to move into the big headlines of this week. I mean, this week is super exciting to be, especially a Miami Dolphins fan. NFL free agency, and then we're going to get into the draft. So first off, I mean, we've had a kind of disappointing last couple of days. Now we're getting super excited for free agency. And then you get all these franchise tags. So I'll just quickly go through some of these. We had the Bears franchise tag, Allen Robinson. Not completely shocking. The Broncos a couple of days ago, franchise tag, Justin Simmons. The Bucks today, Chris Godwin. Giants, Leonard Williams. Jags, Cam Robinson. Jets, Marcus May. Panthers, Taylor Morton. Saints, Marcus Williams, and Washington, Brandon Scherf. None of them are completely shocking. It's just we would have liked to see a couple of those guys still available come free agency in the next couple of days. Well, especially as Dolphins fans, you know, we had talked about Allen Robinson and how we thought he would be a good fit, um, you know, with Miami. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty well obvious knowledge that, you know, any team who – you know, that these guys are hopefully entering a free agency. And this is the one thing about the NFL I find stupid is you just slap, uh, you know, tags on guys. I know that you can only do it a certain amount of times. Um, I know Dak Prescott got hit with the, with the franchise tag as well. Now that was just a clerical thing, but they can't use it on them again. Um, is what I, is my understanding, but just in general, the franchise tag thing's annoying. Like at least in the end, I mean, I, I get it. Right. So that, you know, you, you, your, your guys can't walk out the door if you're not quite on the, quite haven't quite figured out the contract situation yet unlike the nhl right where you know if you don't get a deal done i'm going to free agency and see you later it's it's over right so um yeah i mean the Allen robinson thing was yeah uh, disappointing but there's lots of other guys that can can you know round out that uh miami squad so yeah so we wanted to touch on this whole free agency thing a couple different ways we contemplated doing every team doing the top 100 free agents the thing is, we're just, I think, we came down to it. We're just going to touch on the headliner guys, a couple teams that we know the listeners wanted to hear about. So we started off with some of the players where these top guys, and the first one's going to be who we, it sounds like it was announced today they're not franchise tagging, is Galladay. Yeah, Kenny Galladay with the Lions. Um, yeah, so, I mean, again, that's another one that, you know, Miami I'm sure would be interested in um, as well as, you know, uh, well, quite a few other teams, frankly, but, you know, as I said, you know, for Miami, we're, we're trying to really round out, get Devontae Parker some help, get Tua Tungavailoa some help, or Deshaun Watson some help, not really sure yet, but um, that's really a flux situation, right? I mean, Galladay's going to come with a really hefty price tag. What, like, what are you thinking that's going to come in at? Well, it's, it's going to come over $20 million a year, probably only a three, four year contract. 
And I mean, everything I've been kind of been looking at and seeing, I think the Giants and the Dolphins are the two front runners for him. And the Giants. Yeah. Danny I've Dimes. Of, seen a lot of the Giants really wanting a top end receiver. I mean, they really don't have one at the moment. So they're kind of looking that way. And I mean, as a Finns fan, I definitely don't want them to overpay for him. But I mean, Galladay is good if he can stay healthy. So the next two guys, I'm going to kind of mix these guys together because they're two guys who the Bucks probably should figure out how to sign, and that's Levante David and Shaq Barrett. I mean, I don't really have many teams that I have them interested in, but basically the Bucks need to resign both these guys if they want a chance to go for it again. Yeah, and how's the how's the cap situation in um, in Tampa right now? Well, it sounds like they're going to have a bunch of restructuring and trying to figure things out. Even Brady's talking about restructuring his contract. So I have no idea what's happening, and I don't think anybody does at the moment. Right. But you well, know, I think, two yeah, guys I mean, that they don't want to lose. Well, that's the hard thing. Well, for sure. I mean, anytime you have a, a Super Bowl team, you get it done. Um, again, not to bring it back to hockey, but like look at the Blackhawks, right? They win a Stanley Cup, and they have to let a lot of those guys go, and the, and the team's never the same. Right. And so you got to try to keep these guys around as, you know, as, as best as you possibly can. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if, if you can't get it done with them, you know, y- there's going to be a body there. Right. So, so I was just looking it up here. So the, it looks like the bucks are going to have 12 million of cap space for projected, depending on what happens with the cap. Right. Um, but you know, that, man, I don't know. Like, like Barrett and David are like, they're good guys. They're really good players though, man. Like if they yeah, don't I get mean, the, if they don't get the money that they want, like, I mean, is, no. is there enough there for them just to say, well, we want to win another Super Bowl. We're going to forego some of that money. Yeah. I definitely think there's a chance there. I definitely think there's going to be teams calling on both of them. Even Miami, Miami's in the position there where they want a linebacker. I think Buffalo is one of the big teams that's going to be looking for a linebacker, not sure what's happening with Matt Milano. So there's going to be teams calling about linebackers. So I think they'll get lots of calls. It's whether basically they want to go back to Tampa Bay or not. Well, and I mean, maybe Tom Brady can call them up and say, hey, by the way, I took less money. But they're probably like, hey, you're Tom Brady. You make way more money than us anyway. So yeah, his endorsements are a little more than Shaq Barrett's. Just slightly, just sli- just slightly. <laughs> So the next guy we're going to move into is a big one we've been hearing about. Being both Miami Dolphins fans, Aaron Jones is kind of the big talk in town right now. Yes. So again, this is one of those guys that, you know, I'd love to see. Now, the one thing that I do say is, you know, I I believe, what is he looking for? $10 million? $10 million deal? Three years, four years, something like that? Yeah, I think it could be definitely above $10 million a year. Okay, so... I mean, the problem that I have with this is, is that, you know, as a Miami, like as a my if you're, if you're Brian Flores, again, this all depends on who's that quarterback, but I don't think that Miami had that bad of a ground game last year. You know, I, I really thought, I mean, Brita didn't get a sniff really. Um, but I, I thought that they were okay. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get into more Miami just in general later in the pod here, but yeah, I definitely don't. I think in the entire NFL, you look around, you look at even Zeke this past year, he was not very good. You look in general, running backs are not the guys you want to pay on the second contract. So that's the last thing I want to see Miami do. But you know a guy like Aaron Jones, he shows everything he shows, he's going to probably get overpaid this year. You he's just still hope a he can stud. Yeah, you know, for he, sure he is. Like he's a but, stud. 
But is he going to hold that up for three or four years? Running backs haven't shown on in general that they can. Well, even yeah, look like, and, and this is a great thing. Like in fantasy, if you're playing fantasy football or a fantasy football fan, look how often in the last three, four, five years, you know, guys who were the top stars five years ago got signed to their second deal or whatever it was, and then they're not no longer top guys in the league. It's just really hard to maintain that consistency. Um, I mean, Lev Bell got. Uh, he held out, and then he's been kind of garbage ever since then. And this guy was the, like the most desired running back. This guy was a first round running back three, four years ago, right? So, it's a it's a valid point. I mean, as I said, the guy's still a stud. He he played excellent for Green Bay, um, but at the end of the day, if, if that's not if you're not running that ground and pound system, and that's not going to be your main game plan, because if that's your main game plan and you want to you know move some other stuff around, fine. But if you're going to be kind of that, you know, rollout quarterback team, you know, you like use the length of the field, throw the ball a lot, um, then I mean, obviously with Changeli gone, hopefully that changes in uh, in Miami. So I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, as a Miami fan, I kind of I'm against the whole Aaron Jones signing. But as a betting man, if you're going to bet somewhere, if you're into the whole betting on where guys are going, I think Miami is probably the best pick for Aaron Jones. So we'll kind of move into this next step of receivers. We kind of got two guys here, Will Fuller and Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, so we got to basically figure out um, like what other teams, because we can't just keep seeing Miami for every team. Like it's just, <laughs> I mean, it'd be great to see all these guys join Miami. And we're a little biased on that fact. But I mean, there is other teams that kind of need these guys, right? Um, and Will Fuller is a great, I mean, you know, his season ended with his, uh, with his, positive PED test. Um, you know, he said he didn't really know what he was taking or whatever the case was. It was a medication, something like that. Um, but the guy, the guy is just so fast. Right. And so he needs to get onto a team with, uh, with a quarterback who, if he can just get a little bit of separation, just sling it down the field to him and let him run after it. Well, yeah, he's definitely a guy where you're looking around if, I mean, it doesn't sound like they're going to keep Watson in Houston, but Houston's definitely got to be interested in him. The Jets have to kind of be interested on them. Not really sure where they're going with quarterback. I know they're still somewhat in the talk. Even a team like Carolina, especially if they're in the talk for Watson. If you get Watson, let's bring in Fuller as well. Patriots are always looking for another receiver. So there's definitely yeah, teams I was gonna say, in that mix. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say Patriots seem like, you know, Patriots, Gi- I said Giants need a receiver, but Patriots need somebody, man. Like they do, they can't keep running Julian Edelman basically solo the whole time, right? No, and Jacoby I know that, Myers showed signs this year as well. Yeah, but you definitely okay. want like, a speed yeah. guy. But the real question is, is is Fuller going to want to sign there though, right? Like this is like we're we're assuming this is you know which teams are going to be interested, but we also have to look at it from the perspective of is Fuller going to want to go to the Patriots? And you know, three four years ago, probably. Um, right now, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, you just got to assume like his best season is when he's on the PEDs now, as we find out that when he got suspended for it. So what's the market going to be for him? I think that's also an interesting thing to see. Maybe a team like the Patriots who you think maybe could be on the uprise. I mean, it depends what they do at quarterback. You know what I love to see, though, is I love to see, I know LA's, like the Rams are a little bit strapped for cash right now in terms of their space, but I love to see the Rams get him and he gets to go play with Matt Stafford. I think that would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, you add Will Fuller into that with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who are 
Two it of the would best be nasty utility guys. I'm oh. with, the, with that defense. I know they they could be losing a couple guys on the D, but still, that team would be that would be nuts. filthy. That would be absolutely filthy. So the other receiver we kind of just mentioned there is Juju, and he's an interesting one. I mean, definitely you saw some issues with him off the field this year. His whole TikTok dancing, all that. So that's where the two teams that stand out to me, I know, are, again, we're going to mention the Dolphins, but the Patriots are a team that stand out because you look at a guy like Bill Belichick, he has really a kind of figuring out guys and figuring out what they need to do. And I mean, that's where Brian Flores gets it in Miami is they're going to get the best of you and get you to settle down and not be an idiot off the field. Yeah. Now I wonder as well, like is, is Baltimore a team that could take a look at that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely, in Baltimore, you look at, you have Brown there, who's kind of your speed guy. So a guy like Juju, who's not maybe your speed guy, but who can be quick off the line, kind of maybe not quite a slot receiver, but kind of that hybrid slot Well, yeah, because he did, he did really well when, like when Antonio Brown was playing well and was the main target downfield, Juju, Juju had one of his best years, right? So, you know, if you have Marquise Brown going, now, you know, Lamar's got to still be able to throw the ball to him, though. Like, that's the thing, right? I mean, I know, I'm sure that's something Lamar's going to try to improve. But if Marquise can, can uh, you know, go do the, do the wide out, run down the field, sprint down the field, and give Juju anything underneath, then that, that might be a good fit if they can make yeah. the cap work. No, there's four teams who I kind of had it on Juju. Dolphins, Patriots. I think the Jets, Jets have to figure out what they're going to do at receiver. I mean, they have to figure out what they do at quarterback. And then I had Baltimore as my fourth team there, yeah. I think. They're definitely looking for kind of that 1A, 1B guy because I think they still see Brown as a 1A, 1B guy. So I definitely think they're in on him as well. So we kind of got, after this two last receivers we're going to touch on mainly, we have two tight ends who are pretty interesting. Hunter Henry is the first guy we'll touch on. Yeah, so Hunter Henry was just kind of sent to free agency um, you know, we're kind of thinking what chargers bills, something like that. Yeah. To me, I think the chargers are going to figure it out. He showed really good chemistry with Herbert. So although they didn't franchise tag him, cause the franchise tag would still probably be pretty high. They're going to figure out, I think a way of doing it. If not, the bills are going to be all over that. Yeah. He's still young enough. And the bills with Josh Allen and everything, Dawson Knox didn't show enough up there. They're going to be looking okay. for a guy like Henry. Yeah, Dustin Knox was okay, but if you can get like if you could upgrade that position, absolutely. I mean, let's be honest here. Like the even if like now I, I'm not sure if you know, like I just just in terms of like blocking, um, I didn't watch a lot of Hunter Henry, honestly, but it, it, does he have the ability to block? Because they kind of need that up in uh uh up in Buffalo. Because otherwise Josh Allen's just gonna keep getting killed. <laughs> no, he's definitely still more your receiving tight end, but I mean, that's the whole O-line they got to worry about more or less and figuring out what to do that way. But at least but, if you can get start, you know, start him on the line and he can just, you know, just do a, you know that, that quick little slant underneath, right? At least it gives Josh Allen the option. Um, you know, instead of just the run and gun down the field to Stefan Diggs all the time, it's, you know, if he, get, he has a reliable option with some speed who's able to, you know, alleviate some of that pressure, then that could be a huge step for the Bills. Which I hope they yeah. don't do because I need the Bills to suck next year. <laughs> yeah, to me, I still think, in all honesty, he's going to end up staying with the Chargers. They're going to figure out a way to do, but I think the Bills are an interesting one. That kind of touches on our next tight end I think people need to keep an eye on is Jonu Smith. 
And right at the top of the list, I have the Bills in on him. I think they're really going to be looking this offseason for a tight end. And if they can't get Henry, Johnny Smith showed a lot of promises here, and he just seems to be getting better year by year. And then are you thinking if Hunter Henry leaves the Chargers that that maybe the Chargers take a run at Johnny then? Yeah, that's kind of the way I have it as well. If they if Henry goes to the Bills, I think Johnny Smith's kind of that next step because I think they, sh- with everything Herbert showed this year, they want a tight end who's capable. So if Henry leaves, they want to bring in a guy like Johnny Smith who's capable of catching the ball and making plays. No, it makes sense to me, man. I mean, you, you kind of see that carousel, um, you know, that carousel of guys who, you know, if a team loses a tight end in free agency, they got to get a tight end from somewhere. So you can see that uh, it's pretty interesting to see that kind of play out ahead of it, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens shortly here. Yeah, so that's kind of the way I have it. I have the Bills. Maybe he stays with the Titans or the Chargers. Uh, the last couple of things we want to touch on quickly before we move into the handful of teams we want to touch on is just some of these quarterbacks. First one's Jameis Winston. Yeah, so Jameis Winston, I can. Uh, so Drew Brees is retiring. Retired. Are we sure? Uh, I, I, no. I would assume. I like can I first of all let's just touch on that then because this this kind of an, or this kind of question and answer depends on that because if Jameis Winston is like if Drew Brees comes back Jameis Winston is leaving right like I don't see yeah. him staying he's played well enough that I mean he was a disaster for the Saints before or for the Bucks before but um like man like couldn't a team like Carolina take a sniff on that yeah, that's for sure where I see him going if something with New Orleans doesn't work. I mean, if New Orleans does and breeze, whatever the heck happens there, I think he stays there. He knows the system well. He looks like he could be that next guy for them. I mean, the guy still did throw 30 touchdowns. I know he threw 30 interceptions as well. But <laughs> he's still young ever. enough, shows a lot of promise, and I think New Orleans makes a lot of sense for him. But, yeah, if Breeze comes back and stuff, I – think he wants out of there i don't think he wants to play second third fiddle with Taysom hill no he he wants to chance and i think there's enough teams who'd be willing to give him a chance so i think carolina is a good look for him i don't know if new england really is i know he's definitely got the potential but i don't know if he'd fit into a belichick system well we're going to touch on on new england in a second here but um you know i if breeze retires he's staying in new orleans i don't see how that's because I, I just don't see another option for New Orleans, frankly, right? Like, who no. who are you going to bring in, right? Like, I don't I don't really think that that's there, there's really any better option. But if Breeze does come back for another year, which I doubt, as I said, then yeah, I don't I don't think Carolina's hanging on to to hamburger helper at all. Um, you know, t- Teddy Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater does not have. Um, in my opinion, much time left in Carolina. I mean, his deal is the daunting thing, right? But, you know, it, it is what it is. I know talking to some Panthers fans, and they're, they're hoping that, you know, they're hoping that Teddy's gone. But I don't know if you t- if I told them that, hey, by the way, you get Winston. I don't, I don't really see it necessarily as a massive upgrade, but definitely a change of scenery might, might be good for both. Yeah, so then we'll move into the next quarterback. we got two more to touch on quickly is Cam Newton. And where he goes, do you see him going back to the Patriots again this season? I mean, does Bill want him back? Because, I mean, if he's coming back, he's playing for more than a million dollars, right? Yeah, I think Cam Newton's almost a safety net for Bill right now. I don't know if there's much 
many teams who want Cam Newton is the thing. I don't think he showed enough this year. I know he's a former MVP and he was great a couple years ago, but I just didn't see enough from him this year where any team's going to be jumping on him. Well, and yeah, so you'd have to be really, really desperate, right? Or like have an injury or something like that. So, I mean, I could see it where... I could see a scenario where if the if the Patriots don't find a guy, obviously I think that they sign him up for another year. It's a very low risk move for them. I think he's making more than a million bucks, but I don't think it's going to be much more. Um, I could also see a, a situation. Maybe this is probably a bit of a hot take, I guess, but I could sit see a situation where this guy actually just hangs on the free agent market for a while, and may, like what what happens hypothetically? What happens if next season he doesn't start on a team, stays in shape, somebody gets injured, and he gets the call? Yeah, the other thing I could see with him, I could see for sure that happening. The other two teams that stand out to me are the Jets and the Broncos. Those are two teams who, if they don't trade up or do something with a quarterback in the draft, are going to be looking for a guy who could maybe push Drew Locke or Sam Darnold a bit. And I think Cam Newton brings enough there where he's still going to want to try and compete for a starting job, but he might not be able to steal it away that you might be able to get the better out of Drew Locke or Sam Darnold. So that's kind of where I could see him fitting in if he doesn't with the uh, Patriots. Is he going to be one of those guys who wants to be that backup role, though? Like, I know you said about competing for a spot, but if there's a guy who's basically locked in that spot already, I don't don't know if he signs that deal, does he? I don't think if you're going into Denver or the Jets right now, though, you're going to be for sure a backup. Yeah, especially if they, you know, if they move on from San Darnold or whatever they do, right? Like they might take, um, you know, who are the, who are the Jets thinking about taking Fields? Yeah, it kind of sounds like it's going to be Zach Wilson. But if they don't do that and they want to bring in Cam Newton to compete with Sam Darnold, or or if Broncos, they do that though, or or if they they draft that rookie guy and bring Cam in anyway, right? Yeah, Just you, to, to have that veteran presence, kind of like uh, Miami did with Fitz uh, Fitzpatrick and Tua. Yeah, just what a perfect transition there. So the last quarterback and the last player we're going to touch on is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Fitzmagic, as we want to say. I mean, the guy's going to want to start. I think that's the first thing you want to say. Would I like to see him back in Miami? Yes and no. I don't think I want to see a situation where he gets starts again because I want this to be to his team to live or die by this year. So... I mean, from everything we've heard, the Broncos are really pushing heavy for him. And I think they're kind of looking for what he was in Miami this past year. Really push Drew Locke and really see if Drew Locke's it. And if Drew Locke's not it, he makes the most of the opportunity. Well, and has, you know, there is that opportunity. There is the chance that he does retire. But does he want to add another jersey on his journeyman track is the question. I don't know if this guy has enough room in his basement with all his kids and all his jerseys down there. So, yeah, the other teams I've really heard are New England. I mean, he looks like a guy who'd fit perfect into Bill's system. Has he? He's played in. Would if he played for the Pats, would he have played with for every AFC East team? Has he played I, for the I, Bills? I want to say yes, but I can't confirm that he, at the he's, moment. He's played. He played for the Jets, right? Yep. So he's played for the Jets. He's pay- played for the Dolphins, obviously. And then I'm I'm really interested to see actually if if he actually did play for. Oh, he did too. Yeah. He so did. that would kind of be a fun thing <laughs> him playing for everywhere in the AFC East. Then so. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. 
He he played it. Is it 2000, uh, 2009, 2010 season? He played uh, for the Bills, signed a three year contract. Oh, that is amazing. You could hang all of his jerseys up, like side by side. He has the AFC East corner. That'd be kind of neat. It'd be kind of weird. I mean, it'd be, it kind of would suck because I love the guy. I don't want to see him twice a year. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I appreciate what he's done for Miami, and I I hope that he finds happiness kind of in whatever his decision is and where he goes. But you know, I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to retire either. I mean, he's had a great career, and kind yeah, of it no. is uh, it is what it is for him. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, how much I like the guy, and he's a huge reason why I'm a now Miami Dolphins fan. I think he needs to move on, and if he wants to start or what he wants to do, then he needs to figure that out. So we got a handful of teams here we want to touch on, and I mean, a couple of them are the big ones. So we'll start it off right away with the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and what they need to do in free agency. Uh, they got to keep their team as composed as they possibly can. They, yeah, they I mean, got they got to not, like, I know that they got a bunch of guys, you know, Gronk's a free agent, and Dominican Sue's a free agent. Um, or possible free agent. Obviously, they could still be re-signed, but these are all guys whose contracts are over. So you got to try to keep – because I, I think that they have a good chance of you know competing next year as well. And to do that, you have to keep your team the same team as best you can. Um, and if not, like especially your, your O-line spot, you got to make sure that that's, uh, that's filled in for sure because you can't t- – Tom Brady's too old to take hits. Yeah, I mean, their own line's still pretty good, but I think, yeah, those five guys who they have still have as free agents, you need to sign a couple of them. And Barrett and David are the two big ones. I think Gronk and Sue and Antonio Brown are going to sign for cheap, and I think they're going to stay. So you just really got to focus on making sure you keep Barrett and David in Tampa Bay for at least another couple years. I don't yeah, really you- think... There's nowhere else really to look on the free agency for them. I don't think they're no. going to look look around too much. They're just going to look at keeping what they have. Yeah, I agree with you. So then we'll move into the uh, AFC champions and Kansas City Chiefs. And for me, there's really not that many holes they have on that team, but there's a couple spots to touch on. I think we learned quickly that they might need a little more depth at O-line. I mean, for everything we hear, it sounds like Laurent Duvernay-Tardif's going to come back. You should have Eric Fisher back. You should have Mitchell Schwartz back to start the year. So that's huge. But I think you learned in a hurry that you want a little more depth there. Yep. For, well, because if you don't have it, it like in the playoffs, it was very obvious what happens when a couple guys get hurt. Right? I mean, they were just getting sh- – that old line was just getting shredded. And Again, just as a reminder, I forget what the actual number of yards was, but, you know – Mahomes ran over 400 yards behind the line of scrimmage or something like that. I forget the exact number, but um, that can't happen again. Like you got to protect your your $400 million man or whatever he makes. You, you have to protect this guy as best you can. So you got to beef up that O-line and make sure that next year, if you do have those injuries or you have guys that don't come back like Tardif, that you're good to go. Yeah, the other big name I'm hearing KC talk about quite a bit is Matt Milano, linebacker from Buffalo. That guy kind of plays all over the field, and he could be an important piece. I mean, they have a couple of those guys who play all over. You see the Honey Badger there. You see even a guy like Sorensen. So him added to that defense could really be interesting. So, I mean, I mean, I am a betting man, as we found out during the pod. If you're looking for kind of a guy who you think KC might kind of pick out of nowhere, Matt Milano is definitely the way to go, I see. I like that. little insider info from our uh, NFL betting analyst, betting pro, Cam. So we got to talk about uh, about Buffalo as well, correct? 
Yeah, how much I don't want to talk about the Bills too much. They they were a good team. Well, we got to talk. We got we got to talk about Buffalo as much as you and I split time with you know Montreal and Toronto. We got to talk about Buffalo because we can't have too much Miami content. Yeah, I mean Matt Milano is going to be the big loss there. I don't know if they're going to be able to figure out how to sign him. So defense, they're they've they still got a pretty good defense at times. Two big areas I think they're going to be looking at. I think they're going to be one of the big teams in on like a guy like Chris Carson or some of those guys in a running back. And then I think they're going to be one of the teams who's going to be in on Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith. Dawson Knox wasn't good enough for them. They want another weapon. I think adding the kind of that check down role, either with a running back or a tight end is going to be big for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We kind of already, uh, you know, we already touched on, uh, you know, we kind of touched on that. The only other thing that they, what I, what I was thinking of was guard Brian winners. Um, might be a uh, might be a solid guy to add to the team again because you gotta you know as much as you need the running back and you need the um, you know you need a, a solid tight end if you can add a guy like Winters as a you know as kind of a for a force for to protect Allen because this guy's getting smoked left right and center and you have to protect your assets man so that's just another guy briefly that I just wanted to throw in there as a possibility for the Bills. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, beefing up your O-line will help your running game as well. So you can't forget about that when it comes to those situations. So the next team we're kind of going to touch on is, uh, I mean, we got to touch on these listener teams. So first team we're going to touch on is Atlanta and what they need to do. I mean, they got a lot of work to do, but a little bit in free agency. I think they're going to come down to the draft, and I don't think it's going to be a quick process there, but well, definitely they, they, a few things. Yeah. I mean, they had their window, right? Like they had their, and we hate to bring it up again, but you know that their twenty-eight to three year that was their year, man. And you know they the next year they were they were right there as well. But like Matt Ryan's not getting any young, getting any younger. You know Julio was already on trade talks last year, so you know is this the last year that you can really take it? You know you you can start to kick the can. I mean both of their, um, you know starting safeties are are pending free agents as well, so. You know, are they hanging around? Are they going to get signed? The Falcons are also really strapped for cash in terms of the salary cap too. So, yeah, man, it could be a really tough. It could be a really, really tough go for Atlanta. I mean, if I'm, I mean, they got some nice pieces there as well, but I, I don't know, man. That's it's it's just kind of a mess right now. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be too active in free agency. I know they're definitely looking at the secondary a bit. There's a couple of younger corners who are out there alexander from the Bengals, troy hill from the rams definitely think that's a way they could go to just kind of beef up that secondary and that kind of those kind of guys will be around for three to five years you're hoping so i mean there could be a couple contracts there so just kind of those middle end younger guys i think is where they go kind of all across the board really but i think corner is kind of a spot that you could definitely look at well i also think um again you you also want to you know beef up the pass rush as well I mean, Atlanta was scoring points last year and a lot of points. Like, they were losing shootouts and blowing leads. Their defense was just horrible, right? So part of that is, is the, you know, if, if you don't get a, a good pass rush on these on these quarterbacks that they're playing, and they're not in the easiest division ever either, or the easiest conference for that matter, um, you can't give these quarterbacks that much time. So as you said, if their secondary is not good, or it's, it, you know, if that needs improvement, you definitely know that the pass rush needs improvement as well. So as we kind of said, just kind of summarize, I mean, they got a lot of holes. And as you said, it's going to take a 
you know, this isn't just a one for agency fix. Um, you know, you, you might see them, you know, if they start off the year rough this year, then you might see some significant pieces moving out of Atlanta and, and a reset and a rebuild might be coming down there. Yeah. And I mean, the same thing with the next team we're going to touch on and that's the Carolina Panthers. They're kind of, I mean, when you got Christian McCaffrey, you're always kind of thinking about going for it a little bit, but their quarterback situation is kind of the biggest issue in figuring out what they're going to do with it. I know they're one of the big talks on Deshaun Watson, but if that doesn't happen, are you good with uh, the hamburger helper there or do you need to move on? And there's Teddy, not that, Teddy two gloves. Not that many high-end quarterbacks this year. A couple of the ones who've been – seen and talked about or cam newton jacoby Brissett, tyrod taylor joe flacco are any of those guys better than teddy though man is cam, cam newton's not going back to carolina could you imagine no, I, that would be no. hilarious i'd be down for that actually just to see the disdain on all of the carolina panthers fans faces they'd be so mad oh man that'd be the greatest um no man so i mean they got a I, I really didn't think that their offense – I mean, I, I remember I had a couple of huge wins last year betting on them because they were actually really good at the start of the year. Um, but they just didn't have the team to be that consistent, right? And they actually kept a lot of games close as well. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to be losing Curtis Samuel, I think. So that's kind of going to be a big miss for them. And I just think, again, with Atlanta, they're going to be in the similar position. I know they want to try and find a quarterback to be more competitive. I just don't see them being there. So I think they're going to kind of look for those younger corners, younger players just across the board, maybe some of these younger receivers, and just kind of build. I don't see they. I don't think they're in a position with that quarterback situation where they can go for it. They do get Watson somehow. That's a whole different story. Then you start adding pieces. But right now, with what I see with Carolina, I can't see them really going for it or making any massive moves in free agency. Well, another team who's kind of in a similar spot is is the Washington football team, right? Like they, again, I mean, I know they, they at least made the playoffs, right? So, you know, they, they made the playoffs, right? Or am I forgetting? No, yeah, they made no, the playoffs. They, they, they made, made the, playoffs. the playoffs. For sure they did, yes. So, okay. So it's amazing how quickly I forget things when the season's been done for like, like, I mean, they, they lost their first game in the playoffs, like less than two months ago. So, yeah, I mean, they're a huge team where they got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback first. And I mean, if Winston ends up being available and doesn't stay in new Orleans, I think Washington's really got to consider that that defense is legit. Montez sweat, uh, chase young is just, a freak that guy's going to be a defensive man. player of the year one year oh yeah there's no no doubt in my mind that he's going to win defensive player of the year he's just so good so that d-line is just so good their defense showed that they can be good terry mclaurin's good their running back situation is pretty good so i think they're going to really just be looking at a quarterback and probably another receiver you definitely want a second option there so I mean, that division's so weak, so, I mean, Dak, we'll see what he can do with Dallas when he's healthy and if they can make a difference, but that division's up for the taking, so Washington could make a splash with that quarterback, and I think they could even be a t- team who's in on a guy like Galladay. Yeah, well, and the good news is, is I mean, they have $37 million in projected cap space for next season, so that's a positive. A lot of the teams we've talked about do not have good cap situations. They're actually okay from a cap perspective. Um, you know, and they, and they tagged Brandon Scherf again. So that's a big win for them, right? Like they don't have they you know, they locked him up. You know, I think that 
uh, Washington fans wouldn't have been too 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 happy if if he would have not been tagged and and then left. Um, but yeah, man, they 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 need. I as I said, you know, quarterback for sure is one of them, but they also need additional receivers, right? I mean, they got Terry McLaurin, great player. They they need somebody else, right? I don't know who who that's going to be or who they're going to be able to convince to come down there. But hey, man, if I'm a if I'm a receiver and I'm kind of like that Juju guy, I'm not you know I'm not sure if or Juju guy that Juju situation might be interesting because I'm not a hundred or Curtis Samuel again. Like I could see you know could Curtis Samuel go down to Washington, right? Like uh, you know they they need that they need that kind of second wide receiver, somebody who is relatively affordable. I can get I guess, but at the end of the day, if they don't have a quarterback, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think Taylor Haneke is going to be slinging bombs next season by any means, but if they can resolve the quarterback situation and add one more wide receiver, then I think that their offense is going to look a heck of a lot better and backed up by that defense. Um, they could be a good team next year. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's a ton to do there. I mean, and I could see how for a free agent, it's quite appealing to look at that defense and be like, I want to go play with that. Well, same as in as, with the, with the Rams, right? Like, yep. well, and now, and now that, Goff is gone. I could totally see people want to be like jump on that train, similar to the Bucks, right? Say, hey, let's go down there. Let's go. Let's go win a ring. Yeah. So we'll kind of wrap up this podcast with uh, talking about our team, and really, this is an exciting off season for the Miami Dolphins, and it starts next week with free agency. I know Watson's still up in the air, and we could be talking about him a bunch. So that would. What just do you as see Miami doing next week? Yeah. So just as a disclaimer, if Watson did go to Miami. Uh, our listeners would get a uh, an emergency podcast or a different podcast. Like there would be something else happening. We wouldn't be able to fit that into a normal podcast. So um, we hope that's the case for everybody who wants that extra content. But um, if it's not the case, I mean, as I said, I'm comfortable with Tua. And as you said too, we're going to ride or die with Tua this year. I'm fine with that. And, you know, we need to get different pieces, guys who can actually catch the football other than Devontae Parker. Um, and, possibly beef, beef up the running back game. You know, I, as I said, I think that the running backs that they have now are, are okay. Um, I, I think that they're, they're, there's definitely room for improvement. I don't know if I need, you know, we, we we're very comfortable cap wise right now. So I'm not a hundred percent sure that I would eat all that up right away, but I think the windows starting to open for Miami. I think that's the big thing. Right, your their, their defense last year proved that they were good enough to compete with some of these teams. Obviously, that didn't work out in the final season game versus the Bills. Don't know what happened there, but in general, you know, Xavier Howard is, uh, you know, one of the best best in the game, um, and they just proved that they've been really excellent on defense. So you you beef up that offense a little bit, make sure that the the O line's okay. Right, you you got to make sure that uh, you know you're protecting to a first and foremost, or protecting Watson, whoever it is. And then after that, making sure there's weapons. Like whether you bring in one of Galladay, you know, Juju or Samuel or whoever it is, you got to give them one more weapon because you can't keep running, you know, what was it, Isaiah Ford or whoever it was. Like we can't keep running guys like that. It's just, it's just, you're just not going to be that successful. And you can't keep using Mike Gusecki on, you know, every other throw. Like the guy's good, but like you, you see it later in the year where teams are like, okay, well, they're either going to throw it to Parker, who's probably going to be half hurt or they're throwing it to Mike because nobody else can catch the ball. 
Yeah, you could definitely see it, and I could see how they could spend a lot of money quickly, Galladay, Jones, and I mean, I wouldn't be completely against it, but to me, I'm looking around, and I mean, I, th- I feel like we're starting to forget about Devontae Parker and how good he can be at times, and you look at the draft, you look at their draft picks they have, I'd rather see them be a little frugal with their money, get a guy like Curtis Samuel, maybe look around the defense a little bit. Like I really like a guy like Matt Milano. I know we've mentioned him on a few teams, but especially with Kyle Van Noy possibly leaving, Matt Milano would fill that role awesome. That guy watching Buffalo is everywhere all the time. And... Well, yeah, and, and I, I agree with you, man. Like with, with the picks, I mean, here's and the, there's two situations. The first situation is we lose both of our picks and we get Deshaun Watson. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with now. I'm not fine with three over three picks and Devonte or and you know Devonte Parker, Xavier Howard, and Tua. Like that ain't gonna happen. But if we have to give up our two first rounders, fine. I'm good with that. And then if we don't do that trade, I'm still good with Tua, and I'm I'm still good to draft a draft a you know a stud wide receiver. Yeah. So that's my big thing with Miami right now. If we do get Watson, then go all in with this free agency a little more. Let's get Galladay. Let's get Jones. Let's look at maxing out that cap. If we don't, let's be frugal. Let's pick up guys like Samuel. Let's look kind of that secondary running back position, and let's build through the draft. Still build around Tua, but don't go all in because there's still we have four picks in the top fifty. We can build that way with a couple of these secondary guys. But I mean, if we get rid of those picks to get Watson, then I think you have to go at it a little more. You got to go all. You got to go all in at that point. I mean, at the moment, the window's opening. I don't think it's it's wide open. I think the Bills and and the Chiefs and the Browns or the and the Steelers, man, there's some really good teams in the AFC. Um, but it's opening, so you got to be ready to go for when when that window is wide wide open. And uh, just before we kind of wrap up here, the, the Miami made a trade yesterday, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Miami's trade was pretty good the other day. I mean, you're adding more depth at that offensive tackle, which is the super young guys. He's definitely a guy who had issues in the past, but you look at a guy like Brian Flores, and we're not going to trust him to make a difference and kind of figure stuff out. So between Wilson now, who they just brought in for basically nothing, you're swapping seventh-round picks and getting him, and Austin Jackson, you're hoping one of those guys can take a step. So I think that really... Keeps them away from spending too much time on the offensive line. Yeah, so the trade was was Isaiah Wilson and a seventh round pick next uh, seventh round pick next year coming to Miami, and Miami traded a seventh round pick this year for that. And and Isaiah Wilson was the thirtieth overall pick this year. Yeah, twenty ninth or thirtieth. So we now have two first round picks from last year in Jackson and Wilson who you assume one of them is going to take a step this year, or you hope. Well, yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. But it just goes to show, like, you know, how much faith Miami management has in Brian, Brian Flores and, and his ability to to turn these players around and really, you know, make them fit in the system. And there's a reason that this guy got drafted in the first round. I mean, I'm sure he's a talented football player. So, you know, obviously he had off, you know, Wilson had off off-field issues. And... You know, the hope, I mean, it's a really non-risk play for Miami. You basically move your seventh round pick this year into next year's and you get a free shot at a guy who could be a stud for you. So I'm all for it. Yeah, no, it makes tons of sense. I mean, almost no risk when you're really just swapping seventh and you get him. So if anybody's going to figure it out, I have full faith in Brian Flores and figuring out a player and getting him, getting the most out of somebody. 
well, that's all we got, I think, Cam. I mean, this has been, you know, to, to our listeners who are hoping for that, you know, 50-minute, an hour pod, you, we ran about 20 minutes longer today. So if if you're starving for content, then then we definitely hooked you up. This is kind of our uh, apology for, uh, for the delay uh, last week. We gave you an extra 20 minutes or so. Uh, kind of a double feature, you know. Obviously, we did our NHL picks as we normally do, our headlines, and then we kind of did a full feature on the draft. So... Uh, you know, we're, we're moving into great time in sports season. We're, you know, we're definitely going to be able to touch on the players championship next weekend or next Tuesday. That's coming up this weekend. Masters is coming up in less than a month. We got some really exciting stuff that we get to dig into. Yeah, it's going to be at a super exciting month, month and a half here, two months when we get all this crossover sports. So yeah, we might run a f- little late on a few of these and hopefully listeners like it and I mean, it's a, it's a couple exciting weeks for football now. Next week's going to be super exciting with free agency. Being Finns fans, we're definitely paying even more attention. So, I mean, sports are good right now. It's nice to have this during the pandemic, and it's something to look forward to almost every night. And this is a hell of a lot better than having no sports. So, hey, if you're a, if you're a fan and you only want uh, you only want hockey, turn us off after the first half hour. If you're a football fan and you don't like hockey, listen to us for the last 40 minutes. And if you like both, then you get a, a, a double feature of us for the whole pod. Uh, as always, hey, you can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports. Send us your questions. Send us your topic recommendations. You know, we're here for you guys. We're here to uh, to talk about what what you guys want to hear, and uh, and we're happy to do it. This is why we do it. We do it. Uh, you know, as 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 we said in our intro, we do it as just two guys just talking about every sport. And uh, we're always happy to take recommendations from listeners. And as I said, questions and anything else that you could possibly bring us. And again, Twitter, at Over Six Sports. If you don't have it, get it. Follow us. Follow myself, Zach Burke, Over Six, at Zach Burke, Over Six, and at C. Charlton Turf King. Is that what it is, Cam? Just C. Charlton Turf, not King. <laughs> but you can uh, watch us getting prepared for uh, how a golf course gets ready in southern Ontario come end of winter. Can't wait for it. As always, this is the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm Zach the Bandit Burke. With me as always, Cameron Turfman Charlton. Cameron Turf King Charlton. We will chat with you next week.